Alrighty, gang. Here's to nights that turn into mornings and friends that turn into family. Cheers! Hello, hello, and welcome to the Friendship IRL podcast. I'm your host, Alex Alexander. My friends, they would tell you, I like to ask the hard questions. You know who I am in the group. I'm the person that's saying, okay, I'm going to ask this question, but don't feel like you have to answer it. And now I can be that friend for you too. Who is ready to talk about mom friends? I am so thrilled that we have an episode today focusing on making friends as moms, the realities, what it looks like, what it feels like, what movies and books and TV tell us it's going to look like versus probably what a lot of people have experienced. It is so important to me that moms, dads, parents, caregivers have support because raising little ones is intense. So anything we can do to not have to do it alone is what I want to talk about. I'm really excited to have our guest today, Emily Siegel, on here to talk about this because her entire platform is focused on helping busy moms create the circle of friends that they crave. You see, Emily is a friendship coach and mentor, a podcast host, a working mom of two adorable little boys, and a lover of all things Broadway musicals. I have a friend I should introduce her to. She firmly believes that we aren't made to mom alone, and she's on a mission to see that we all stop trying. So with that, let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Emily. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to chat with you. I've been following you on Instagram for quite some time. So this is so fun to get to talk in person and record a podcast episode with you. Yeah. I love when Instagram friends like in real life connections can happen. So it's great. Agreed. Agreed. So for anyone that hasn't followed you on Instagram yet, they probably will after this episode. Can you tell us a little bit about your platform, your business, what you talk about? Yeah. So I am all about helping moms make friends and make space for friendship. I just have found myself as a mom that friendship can sometimes go down the priority list after kids come along. And I personally have just benefited so much from having life-giving, authentic friends. And I just hate seeing moms do life alone. Motherhood is one of the most, I always describe it as like one of the most loneliest times, despite the fact that like you literally never have a minute alone. Mm -hmm. And I have found having connections, having community, having friends to come alongside that motherhood walk has just been life-changing for me. And so I'm essentially, you know, my soapbox platform is all about helping moms realize they need this too, even if life already feels so overwhelming and busy and they're not sure where to fit it in, I tell them it's worth it and possible. I mean, part of why I do this is I want people to see friendship as possible. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that. And 
I especially love that you're doing that for moms because what an overwhelming time Mm -hmm. in life. I have not experienced that myself, but watching so many friends go through this, I just, my heart aches for them because it's just such a big transition. And even as a friend, you can see that and you're trying to, you know, be aware of that and like Mm -hmm. tiptoe around. Like I can't solve that for them, but I have so much compassion for them trying to navigate that transition in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really big identity shift in a lot of ways. And so it's, (laughs) it's a big time to kind of transition through a lot of things, including some of our relationships. Yeah. And there's so much out there about like when you have kids meeting mom friends or you're going to find this whole new set of friends to do life with. You're going to join these maybe play groups or classes or kids school. And like, you'll just find friends there. Like I kind of feel like the idea of mom friends sometimes is really romanticized. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Given this kind of like vision of how it will happen and how supported you'll feel. And I think that a lot of people, it doesn't play out that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting you say, you know, it's kind of idealized or romanticized. When we we moved away from our hometown you know, right after we got married to a city where we knew no one, mm-hmm. we always said we don't have kids or a dog, so it's impossible to make friends. Mm-hmm. We just kept seeing like people go to dog parks and they would make friends there. Or, you know, we were assuming people were having these babies and just going on walks or going to play dates and making friends. And so for a while it took us some time to be like, how are we going to make friends without these tools? And then, you know, fast forward five years, we ended up moving again when we, right after having our first baby, he was four months old at the time when we moved. And I was like, cool, I've got the tool now. So I'll be good. (laughs) And yeah, it definitely wasn't as easy as I had thought it would have been and maybe had given it credit for before when I was like, man, if I just had a baby, this would be so much easier. What was your experience like? You said you moved four month mm-hmm. old. Like what was it like to make those friends after becoming a mom? How did it shuffle things for you? Yeah. You know, I think in some ways I felt like I did have an advantage from maybe other moms in the sense that I had just spent five years earlier, I had just been plopped in a city and had to make friends without a kid. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like I worked through a lot of the mindset gunk that can come up about pursuing friends in adulthood at that time. So then once I had a kid, it was easier for me to put myself Mm -hmm. out there and to maybe be a little bit more vulnerable more quickly with other moms and to be a little bit more like, hey, I'm you know, looking for friends. I'm new. I do feel like that was an advantage. Ultimately, what I kept noticing with other moms was they were almost like so grateful for my Mm -hmm. forwardness and almost like, oh, we can do that. And I'm like, oh yeah, I learned five years ago. I learned that it's okay to be more forward about, you know, wanting and desiring friends. But, you know, had I not had that experience, I imagine it would have taken me a lot longer to put myself out there. That didn't necessarily mean that making friends was just like easy by any means with the baby, or at least it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, despite like putting myself out there, you know, with more confidence than maybe your average person. 
you know what I heard in there? I heard Emily saying something that I talk about all the time, which is that friendship, community, connection, this is a skill set. These are habits. This is a muscle that you build where you're used to being just a little uncomfortable when you admit out loud, I'm looking to make friends. Or do you want to get it together? That muscle is that forwardness, that risk-taking, that vulnerability, navigating some of those awkward initial conversations. And I'm just pointing that out because I hear this especially from people who are about to maybe decide to be new parents. I've had people tell me straight up before, I don't really have any friends, but it's okay. I'll just wait until insert next marker, until I'm a mom, till I'm a dad, till we move, until I go back to school. There's no better time to start developing this muscle than now. Because then when you do hit this next milestone, when you make that move, expand your family, get the new job, you have the skill set. You're ready to go. I definitely put myself out there, but hit some other hurdles, I guess I should say. Like, I would say the biggest one that really shocked me that I just, I didn't see coming was I had this vision and I I ended up staying home with our first for the first Mm -hmm. 15 months. So I was like, oh my gosh, well, as a stay at home mom, I've got Mm -hmm. extra advantage here because I've got like more time to make these friends. But what I soon found out was like all of our babies or all of our kids were on like wildly different schedules. Yeah. And we were just like less willing to mess up our kids' schedule to get together for a play date or like do life together. It was just, it took way more planning than I anticipated. Even just like the process of like continuing the momentum. I've heard that from a lot of my friends who are moms. Yeah. But they had a similar thought, like, well, I'm home mm-hmm. all day, you know, park dates mm-hmm. and meetups and hangouts, and it's all going to be great and fine. And they've mentioned the schedule thing. The other thing they mention is, you know, then your focus is in two places, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to listen to the yeah. conversation, but you're also trying to make sure your kid doesn't fall and hurt themselves or get mm-hmm. the snack that they're asking for. And it's hard enough to just do that with another person. But then when the other person also has their attention in two Mm -hmm. places, I've heard them say like, it just kind of feels like you're existing there together and at least you're in it together, but you also leave realizing that you really didn't talk about anything. Yeah. Cause you couldn't have the focus. Yeah, for sure. I always would describe those conversations as super choppy Mm -hmm. and like, it was hard to go deep at times because the environment just didn't really allow for vulnerability in the sense that mm-hmm. it might, you know, if you were both distraction free. And so, yeah, I like how your friends describe it as two places at once because you are truly juggling the needs of your kiddo and then mm-hmm. also trying to get to know this person. And then sometimes even there's like additional layers of nervousness in those scenarios too because of like just even parenting philosophies or parenting approaches and just like, oh my gosh, it's the worst when like the kids are fighting or have like some sort of like tussle. 
especially if you just are still getting to know the other mom in that scenario, Mm -hmm. because you're like, not like you want to clearly act like you are handling the situation, but also we are all still learning at this point. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and I still don't fully know how to parent some situations they find that like they find themselves in parenting in general. I, can be very anxiety inducing of like, oh my gosh, you have to think on your feet so much. Yeah. And you're always like second guessing yourself. And then to have to do that in front of someone else who's likely going to be judging you as a person and potential friend based on how you handle this situation that you're already like, I don't really know how to handle this. There's just so many layers that can make some of those interactions, especially the early interactions, really a little complicated. Yeah. I mean, I listen to you say that and I'm like, well, on one hand, so part of my thing is I think that so much, especially female friendship, right? So moms, we really hung our hat on this idea of like disclosure and vulnerability and like Mm -hmm. open, honest conversations. And I think that's important. I do. I'm not saying it's not, but I think we're missing the layer of like part of vulnerability is just existing together. Mm -hmm. So you are kind of getting this cool opportunity with a new mom to like be in the moment together with how mm-hmm. intense this is and how hard it is. And like, we're quite often, I don't think acknowledging the vulnerability that is from just being together in like a less mm-hmm. controlled, curated way, like letting each other in to the realities of our life. Yeah. That is not easy also right? Like you're saying the anxiety, like allowing yourself to be seen and your attention to be all over. And Mm -hmm. you're having to make these on in the moment parenting decisions, like all of that is vulnerability, whether you're talking about it or not. But then the lack of conversation makes it hard because you can't really talk to figure out what the other person felt. So you're just left with this anxiety of did they think I was a bad mom? Like you never get that reassurance. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult. I'm not saying <laughs> this is a very difficult conversation or situation. Yeah. No, but I totally agree with you. All these things are hard. And also I do think they're a gift, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to friendship and when it comes to even accelerating it, you think about like having a hard conversation with your partner or a friend And it can be such a stressful situation. And also you can come out so much stronger on the other Mm -hmm. side. And so, yes, while these things can feel so tricky, they are a gift. I do Mm -hmm. think kids and parenting together in that space is a gift for accelerating some of those connections because it really does solidify you as like, you know, being in the thick of it together. I even think of like right now, even today, like I don't even have babies anymore. Now we're like parenting these nine and six year olds and we're meeting our neighbors down the street and like feeling each other out a little bit. Our kids are hanging out. And even just this weekend, like my kid had a freak out Mm -hmm. and the other parent had to address it and then wanted to tell me about it. We're doing this on text, which I got to tell you is even harder. Like it would be way easier to do this in person and like, oh yeah, that's kind of a, a pattern where working on it and you know the other mom was so gracious she was like parenting so grand right and I'm like the best like just kind of bonding over like yeah like like this hard thing with my kid me being vulnerable and being like yeah 
Yeah. Like, is did he just ruin our friendship? We're gonna see. Let me try to explain this a little. And like the gift of like, we've been there. We get this. Like, maybe that's not the thing we're dealing with with our kid, but that we're dealing with something else. So, you know, grace is very helpful. We're just so used to talking about like the conversation vulnerability and kind of getting that back and forth and acknowledgement. But there is something so beautiful about just existing in this. We're both in this together. This is Mm -hmm. the most beautiful experience some days and other days, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, honestly, not even days, maybe five minute segments, right? That even during so many meetups of that like choppy, friendship style at a certain point as maybe kids get a little bit older and you have a little more breathing room for a little bit longer conversation like you might come to find that all of that has built up into this beautiful friendship if you can just kind of like wade through it long enough to get there and acknowledge that you've both been cheering each other on in doing the thing together I always love like one of my favorite things to think about is you know, when I think about friends in my life, if I could try to go back and pinpoint when we became friends, it's nearly impossible. You know, like, it's not like I can say, oh, it was that conversation or it was that walk or it was that experience we did together. And like, sure, maybe, you know, you can pinpoint something that felt really good at the time, but it is, it's these small moments mm-hmm. that add up and continue to build trust. And you know, sometimes it can feel like a, such a sacrifice to show up to something or like, oh my gosh, like I don't feel like going, especially when you're in the early stages of a yeah. connection or friendship. It just, it doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel fun because it still feels like work. Yeah. But the whole point is we're trying to get to that space of like, oh, like I can just be me. This can feel easy. But there's no like, oh, well, if you do this, it will then start feeling like this. It's those little moments that add up. And if you can invest and make yourself show up to some of those times where it still feels a little bit like work, one day it's going to stop feeling like work. Yes. It really will. I love, 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 love that Emily just talked about how she can't pinpoint when somebody was her friend. And I don't know if I've ever phrased it that way, but I might start using that. Promise to credit you, Emily. I have talked about this idea before that as adults, when we have all this history with certain friends, when we've built up years and years of connection, sometimes it can be hard to remember that at one point our closest people were just people in a room. We weren't flooded with memories when we saw them. We didn't know things about them. We didn't pick their face out of a crowd. And over time, we went on this journey that was messy and funny and sad and happy. And we did things together. Sometimes they were memorable and sometimes they kind of just melted into the overall fabric of our friendship. But it was that journey that brought you there. And I think a lot of adults want to just be at that point those kind of pick up where we left off friends. But the way you got to those friendships was by just simply existing in them. So the next time that you're meeting a new friend, maybe you're having an awkward conversation, you're trying to navigate the uncertain waters of a new parenting problem, just remember that 
these are the types of things that down the line you'll look back fondly on. So I'm very curious on your take on this. I have had a variety of people, just like in my personal life, but also with this podcast and you know, talking about friendship on the internet, say something to me. Because it's no secret that a lot of people kind of in that post-college life, when you're figuring it out and you don't have that daily proximity, some people end up with kind of like no friends left. Or a lot of people who just feel like past friends, people they aren't as close to. And I've talked to people and they're kind of in this limbo where they're not moms yet. And I've, you know, encouraged like, we'll go out there and make some new friends or find some connections. And I've had a lot of people say to me like, well, I'm just going to tough this out until I can make mom friends. Interesting. <laughs> I have thoughts on this. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. wow. I have thoughts on this. One of which mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you the one and then I'll let you go is like what you were saying earlier about how you, in that first move you made, you know, it kind of leaned in and developed the habits and the skills and the intentionality to build friendships. So you felt like you had a leg up when you had kids. So by not doing this, they're missing out on that. But what other thoughts do you have on anybody who's out there saying like, I'll just wait until. Mm, Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) you can, I always tell people that even like, like with some moms will say this too. Like, I'm just going to deal, I'm going to deal with friends when these kids are 18. Yeah. That's actually what I hear the most often these days, Mm. because it's so interesting that on the other side, like, oh, well, once I have kids, this will work well. And yet, I run into moms all the time. They're like, I will deal with this when they are out of the house because mm-hmm. there's just so much on our plates. And what I say to them and what I would say to those that are saying, oh, I'm just going to wait till I have kids. Like life feels so much lighter with people by your side, whether you have children or not. Like, yes, one kid maybe making an argument that kids bring additional stress into your life. That's probably true. But that's not to say that people without children don't have a lot of stressors. There's a lot Mm -hmm. in life to stress about without children. And man, it's just so much easier to navigate. We know the research on our health around connection and friendship. And it's just for that reason alone, I wouldn't wait. I personally also found, so we did have our kiddo in the city where we had developed friendships pre-kids. And when I did have our kid, I had a few friends that had children Mm -hmm. and I had quite a few that did not. And I have to tell you, I was so particularly grateful for my friends that didn't have kids at that point because babies in particular can be a very lonely and isolating time. And the demands from a parenting perspective are very time consuming with babies in a way that they aren't with children as they age or just aren't the same. And gosh, having people that had more flexibility than I did because they didn't have children and that were my friends could come over. Honestly, those were the friends I missed the most when I did move and like I had to prioritize what friends I was going to make and I focused only on mom friends, but then they just never had that same level. Like we couldn't hang out at night because we were all trapped in our homes, keeping these little humans like Alive slash alive slash like 
CPS doesn't really want you to leave your home like without them. <laughs> Shucks. So yeah. I know. So yeah, I personally like, I love my friends that don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And I think I only had a good handful of them because I had made them, you know, pre-kids. Yeah. I mean, I'm very grateful for you for saying that. Like, you know, I'm a childless person. Mm-hmm. I love our friends in general. I love their kiddos. Like Mm -hmm. auntie life is my best life. I care about these people so much that it is definitely a shift in our friendship. You know, things that we did before together may not happen all the time. And now Mm -hmm. in order to keep our friendship going, I have to be a little more thoughtful about them as my friend and a parent, like how I can show up Mm -hmm. and not add additional burden you do have to maybe be the more flexible one and say like, it's okay. If it's a window, you want me to show up this afternoon just give me 30 minutes morning or something like that. Like it's for sure an adjustment. One, I've taken a lot of time to think about. I don't think there are enough conversations. There's just a lot of conversations out there about moms making mom friends, Mm -hmm. parents making parent friends, and maybe not enough about how rich a friendship can be between parents, new parents, and like don't have kids, whether that's right now or they have made a life choice to remain childless. Yeah. I just find the assumptions in general we all have about who would want to be friends with us very interesting. This is so true. I haven't really said that before, but you're very right. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is getting like slightly off topic, but I think it's interesting one, yeah. because when we moved to Philly, some of our good friends were in their late forties and we were in our like mid twenties. Yeah. And so on paper, that's, I mean, that's probably weird. Like you don't think, Oh, I'm going to go make friends. Let me go make friends with someone 20 years older, or they're not thinking, let me go make friends with people 20 years younger, but they happen to be childless and found that a lot of people, their own age weren't necessarily like, available and the same to do like some of the activities that we were at, you know, age 20 somethings. And there were actually quite a few of us like ranging from 20 to 40 that ended up becoming friends and some would have kids, some would not. And it was really fun to see like as people had kids, just because they weren't available to do maybe some of the like things we had done historically, that didn't mean all of us were ready to just say goodbye to that friendship, we adjusted. And I remember even when we moved that next time and I had a baby, I would see people, there was a couple at church actually that were in their 50s and I really wanted to be friends with them. But like, I don't think they thought that would be normal. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I think they just thought we were being nice and we would be like, how do you think we could do this? Like, should we invite them over for dinner? Should we just be like more forward about like, hey, we think we have a lot in common and this could be fun. And yeah, there's just something about like people make assumptions. So like Mm -hmm. when you see me, you know, strolling the neighborhood with a baby as a single person or a childless couple, you're like, well... They're probably only interested in being friends with people that also have babies or also have kids. We all go around with these assumptions about the types of friends 
each of us are looking for. And I think that creates a whole other layer when it comes to making new friends, particularly outside of your current season. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people tell me, especially people with kids, like, I just want to make friends with people who are in the same season of life. Mm -hmm. And sure, there's beauty in that. There's also some difficulty, right? Because you're making like the same choices about parenting and whatever, and you're comparing Mm -hmm. versus if you make friends who are in a different season, you know, you're not comparing because you aren't having to make those same decisions. They can just listen. There might be more flexibility. There might be different relationship dynamics. Like, I think you're so right that there's so much more possibility out there than we like allow ourselves to believe is possible. It's funny. We talk about, we want people to believe friendship is possible. Like more is possible than just meeting friends who in your same season, in your same neighborhood and your same life situation. Yeah. And you know, that's probably like a, a great additional soapbox philosophy because I will say most of my DMs, the people that are really struggling are often moms who feel like they're outliers in some way. Mm. Either they're like the first of their friends to have kids, or maybe they ended up having kids really young, or maybe they ended up having kids on the older side and they just feel additionally isolated because they're like, I now, okay, I'm a mom. I mm-hmm. made it to this point and I'm told there's mom friends out there for me, but none of these mom friends feel right. And often it's because they just, they don't feel like they have enough in common. They're just like slightly out. Like they're not in maybe what we think of as that typical age range for having kids, which funny enough too, in my DMs is often so geographical. Yeah, They're like, I mean, I'm an old mom here, but I would have been fine back in New York or, you know, wherever, you know, they say that they're living. And so I think that also by having that like, okay, mom friends, same season looks like me. And then you can't find you and can feel very isolating. And so if we can open up this, like how we think about friendship in motherhood, I think that would honestly make us all feel a lot better about what we do have. I mean, I agree. And I think it would make moms better. I think it would make people feel better in general. Like I'm just thinking to myself, you know, we were talking about the expectations of who we might be friends with and kind of this like romanticized ideal version of mom friends. Like, I guess when I think of mom friends, I think of the playground meetups and the Mm -hmm. seeing each other at school functions together, the, neighborhood bike dates, the walks with the stroller, and those can totally happen and they're all beautiful. Like where are we getting those from? Probably movies and books and social media, because that's like what's mm-hmm. acceptable to show. But I just aired an episode about a mom, two families, and they knew each other in college, but not, they weren't like friends. They would say hi at parties. They weren't close. They ended up moving an hour and a half apart in Denver, saw each other on Facebook, met up at the aquarium on their second meetup. They proposed doing family slumber parties where they drive their whole family, dog and all, and they Mm -hmm. once a month go and stay and they swap houses. And that's like so outside the box. Nobody's sharing that Mm -hmm. story 
So then we don't even think that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Like the other example I have is actually a personal example. You were talking about like the first mom, the first friend in the group to have a baby. Now our friend group has quite a few babies at this moment, but of the people that still live in the Seattle area, there aren't as many people have kind of like scattered all over the country. So there was kind of like one friend who was here mm-hmm. had, let's see, he was two and she was pregnant with her second and her husband was going out of town for the weekend. And she texted all of us girls, like all the aunties, there's no kids. And she said, Hey, do you all want to come for a slumber party in the burbs? Cause most of us still live in the city. Mm-hmm. So we packed it up. We loaded in her minivan. When we got there, we went to Trader Joe's. We all made an agreement that our exciting activity of the night was just to buy anything we've ever wanted to try, which led to a very wild Trader Joe's cart. <laughs> and then we all just hung out at her house. We mm-hmm. played with her daughter, put her to bed, sat around in the living room in our sweatpants, woke up, had breakfast, went home. And again, like another example of, but so not this vision that's painted, but it was so much fun and we can't wait to do it again. Yeah. I love that. I I can share kind of the wild thing that I did. Yeah. That I feel like people are Please like, what? you can do that. It like people won't look at you with three heads. And that was when, you know, my husband traveled all the time, literally all the time. I was a stay at home mom. And, you know, our kid would go to bed at like seven, seven thirty. And so it wasn't that I wasn't, I didn't have time. <laughs> I yeah. just didn't have like my time wasn't always super predictable unless it was the evening. But even then I was trapped unless I got a sitter, which because we didn't have family in that city. And so what I saw happening in my first year of motherhood, like I had all these kind of like friends I was picking up and then we would try to do these mom night outs because that's what media shows us we do. Yes. We go to mom nights out. Like we go to dinner. We take a group picture. We put it on social media. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks we have this great crew, even though we really only like met a couple of times. And, yeah. You know, whatever. And so I was like, this stinks. Like, I don't even like, you know, once I put my kid to bed, I have just essentially run a marathon all day. Yes. I do not want to go out. It's just not my way to hang out. I really just want to sit on the couch in sweatpants and have a conversation with like one other mom, maybe two. And I was like, you know what? My husband's gone every Wednesday night, like for sure. What if I just said every Wednesday was mom's night and mm. like anyone could come over and the door would be open. And I thought I had, I don't know if you know Glennon Doyle, but she's yeah. like the one who's like gets all stressed out when having people over. She's like, I tell them to bring their own chair and I tell them when they're going to leave. <laughs> I didn't <didn't laughs> say like, that, but I have <laughs> yeah. heard she's stressed out by having people over. Super That's stressed. funny. Yeah. But she's like, I get ahead of like all the things that make me feel anxious. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, things we get anxious about. We get anxious about getting ready. Mm -hmm. So I was like, look, I will be in yoga pants, no makeup. Okay. So check, like you don't have to get presentable. You do not need to stop and get wine, chocolate, cookies. Don't bring anything. I have enough in this house to keep us stocked on mom's night for a year. Just Mm -hmm. come. You don't have to RSVP. Literally, the door is going to be open. If all of a sudden you're like, I think I can make a break tonight. Great. Do it. Are you worried there's going to be 13 of us at one time? Me too. 
I say we risk it. (laughs) I think it's going to work out. And so I like tried to think of all those things. I sent the email and to like 12 moms total. So 13 was a little exaggerated. I guess 13 with me. 13 with you. 13 with me. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is kind of brilliant. Like I got ahead of all the objections Mm -hmm. that like hold us back. And so it was great. I was able to do it for six months total. Some like something in our schedule ended up changing and had to adjust, but had one to two moms every week. It was great. I didn't have to do any planning. Yeah. I just had like mom friends weekly without any planning. It was amazing. I just want to pop in and say, I'm inspired. (laughs) I'm inspired by these examples. And I think it goes to show that just getting a little creative and thinking outside the box of those mom's night out meetups with the photo can really serve us. Like hearing Emily say six months of Wednesday night mom's nights, that's so many opportunities for connection. A couple things to point out here. When Emily was talking about you know getting ahead of it, I love this idea. I've talked about it before. This idea of removing barriers you know, she said, getting ready is like a stressor. Great. Make it normal that nobody gets ready. This is actually how my house operates. When we have people over at our house, the default is sweatpants. If it's not sweatpants, I'll tell you. So feel free to steal that. The other thing I love is that she set up a recurring pattern. So this can be so helpful because it means you don't have to remember to text everyone. You don't have to figure out who's going to host. You just know that between certain hours on Wednesday nights, you can show up there. Do you have something like this as a parent? Because I think there's so much value in sharing what's working. So send me a DM, send me an email. I will compile these all together. We can share these resources and maybe one of them will feel right if you don't have one and you're looking for ideas. I love that. I think so much about, I talk about this, like, right, you create a reoccurring gathering. Mm -hmm. You removed all the barriers, so the getting ready and the bringing something like, no, we don't need any of that. I think quite often there's a lot of conversation like, about hosting people or entertaining people. Mm-hmm. There's something so great just about creating space. And that's what you did was just like create space where people can be in a world where most of what we do has to be scheduled or pre-planned or back and forth. You were just like, I am here, join when you can. Mm-hmm. And that sounds kind of maybe wild to some people listening, hopefully not at this point and listening to my podcast because we tell a lot of stories like that. And like the setup is something, you know, you have to formulate the message and send it out, but then it's just done. Yeah. You're just like there on Wednesdays, excited to see if somebody shows up and you got to the end. Like, did that help maybe like deepen friendships? Did people bring their kids? Were they in bed at home? What was like yeah. the reality of the experience of yeah. it like? Yeah, the reality was that no kids came because mm-hmm. um, it was usually like eight o'clock. Yep. And when oh, I, I think I also said like, I'm going to be in bed by 10. So yep. like, don't stress. Like, we're not having a rager. We're just mm-hmm. like, you know, a little bit of conversation. But for sure. Yeah. You know, I will say the first week I probably had six moms come mm-hmm. and that felt the most like 
whoa, this is a mom's night out. Like it truly had that kind of vibe to it. But I was so glad because there were actually two friends I had that I just really, they had so much in common. I was like, if you two ever met, you would like become BFFs. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to have them finally meet at that first like six person gathering. And yes, to this day, they are BFFs. I'm like, I I knew it. I knew you two were going to hit it off. And so that was super fun to see. But yeah, no, for the most part, like I actually hate gatherings of more than four. That's too strong. I don't hate gatherings of more than four people, I mean, but my, say that. It's not your my happy, yeah, my happy yeah. place is four of us total or less. Two to four is my happy place. And yeah, I would say for the most part, that's ultimately what ended up happening. And because of that, all of those relationships deepen significantly. And all 12 of those moms, they did not necessarily all know each other. Mm-hmm. I was the common donator for, for most. And no, like we didn't walk away with like a new friend group. None of that emerged. But I walked away with like much stronger connections with all of them. And that really mattered. We ended up actually moving 15 minutes away, like two years later or something like that. And I don't think I would have been able to keep half of those friendships if those nights hadn't been there. Yeah. So yeah, no, it did wonders for essentially accelerating, deepening without making me feel like I was saying, without making me feel like I was moonlighting as an event planner. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that quote unquote, like entertaining and hosting mm-hmm. and doing all that. Like it's a lot of work. So yeah, I feel for anybody that's overwhelmed by that idea. You know, you asked about the reality of it. I don't know. You're in Seattle, so you have Costco. They have these like amazing mm. dark chocolate, salted caramel situations. So I bought a thing of that because you can only have like one or two. Like they're just so rich. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll put this out every week. It was one thing I had on hand that I felt like felt right for eight o'clock at night. I mean, most people should have eaten dinner by eight, probably with their family, yeah, right? Or right. They, they could stop and pick something up that they want, but yeah. maybe the rest of their family wouldn't eat and they can eat it mm-hmm. on their couch while they hang out. Yeah. So yeah. it was super easy. I just poured those into a little dish every Wednesday and I wasn't buying those every week. That tub lasted forever. Like in general, I keep water, yep. like LaCroix and like red wine on hand. So depending on how everyone was feeling that night. Yeah. Yeah tea, whatever. So it was super simple from a hosting perspective. So there was just nothing very stressful about it other than like, oh, did I remember to unlock the door? And some people would text just to be like, this is your house, right? Like, like, door's literally open. Because again, we were trying not to do the doorbell because the kid's sleeping, all the things. Yeah. But you made it happen. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you decided you were going to do it. You followed through. Mm -hmm. And that little couple hours whenever people decide to show up, like add it up to build those friendships. Yeah. I think that's such a great example for people to hear. And I honestly think I would not be shocked if your DMs, my DMs are filled with people saying they're going to try that out because it seems like such a simple way once you set it up to maybe help deepen friendships. You know, and I have saved that email and I share it with people. So if you want that template... I will give it to you. Let's direct Mm -hmm. people to come find it on your website. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. All right. So I want to close out this episode, but I know you've mentioned 
that you have maybe three rules, three things mm-hmm. you tell moms who are trying to make new friends. Do you mind sharing those with anybody who mm, yeah. is feeling that call yeah. to put some energy into this as a new mom yes. or as a mom in general? Yeah, for sure. I have found these three new rules have been like, have had the biggest impact on me being able to make and accelerate friends in motherhood. And the first is that it is safer than you think Mm -hmm. to make friends. The research around how many of us are wanting connection and wanting more from our friendships is huge. I know you talk about that. And so it truly is safe to essentially be like, hey, do you want to be friends? And it's safe to say, yeah, you know, I'm just looking to connect with more moms. You know, we just moved back done a lot of moves we just moved back (laughs) to our hometown and we've moved into a community that we don't have a ton of roots in and so I went to the first PTA meeting PTO you know parents association at the school and I was so proud of the president and how she ran Mm -hmm. that meeting and she opened with I'd like everyone to go around and introduce themselves and share why they're here Mm -hmm. and literally every parent said I'm here to meet other parents. Yeah. And I was just like so blown away that people led with that. I thought everybody was going to go with, I mean, I want to support the school and I want to support my kid. And I was like, yes, thank you. That is why we are here because we want to know who our community is and and who these other parents are. And we want to make connections. And so I love that. Like in general, I'm also just seeing that people use this role. And so- and it broke down barriers. So, now suddenly everyone yeah. knew, like, it's okay to talk to you. Yep. You're interested in that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it was literally like, oh, okay. I can strike up a conversation with them after because they literally just said, I want to know yeah. other parents and meet them. The second rule is I tell moms or parents that phones are the new playground. You talk about this mm-hmm. all the time. Like, mm-hmm. consistency is truly like how we build friendship. And that can feel really overwhelming in parenthood. And so I like to use my phone in between gatherings to accelerate things, even just like commenting on social media posts for someone is like, they will literally love you. They'll love you. Not even just a like, like an an acknowledgement of a detail and that that dress is so cute on you, Mm -hmm. her, whatever. Yeah. Like being social on social media with like a personal touch can make a huge difference. Yeah. I think you're so right. I always say like technology mm-hmm. is a tool. Yes. Right. It's not a replacement for that in-person interaction, but it can be like these touch points that make us more likely to actually set up time together or walk up to each other or show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Cause we get so overwhelmed with thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to put in all this FaceTime. And it's mm-hmm. like, actually... You can accelerate so much in a comment, you know, it's really crazy. So yes, phones in the new playground. You don't have to see each other every day, you know, to make friends, to keep things, to keep the momentum going. You don't have to graduate to like texting and funny memes right away. Like Mm -hmm. get there. But my favorite rule is that the bar is lower. I mean, I don't want to encourage people to be bad friends. I get it. Like I'm not out there being like, it's fine to be a bad friend. But I do think we all have these ideas of what a good friend looks like oh, that's yeah. maybe like a little not realistic and particularly in motherhood. Like, you know, when we're working through mind junk in our community, 
a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't have time for friendship. And what that usually ends up meaning is ultimately they don't feel like they have time to be a good friend right now. And so that's why they're like, oh, I don't have much to give. So an exercise I really encourage our moms to think through is like, okay, well, like, what do you have to give right now? Like for me, I'm not the friend that's going to remember your birthday. I'm just not. Honestly, I wasn't that friend before kids. Like I was a bad friend in that way. Mm -hmm. If what we think of as a good friend is one who remembers like all the important moments. I don't. I don't remember those things. But if you are with me, I am so present. My phone is not around. Like I am in it with you. I am asking questions. I am like validating your feelings. If you text me, I'm not going to text back right away. I'm not good with that right now. I will most likely text you back eventually. Mm -hmm. So like, I just try to help moms understand that like, what does really being a good friend mean? Like if I could offer you empathy, support, Mm -hmm. quality face-to-face time, it's not going to be every day. It might be like once every couple weeks. It might be once a month. Would you want that? I'd want that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you can be a good friend right now. I don't know if you've heard me talk about this, but I talk about all the time, like, what is a friend? Mm-hmm. Because most people don't have a definition. And if they yeah. do, it's this like idealized peak, best friend, super close, mm-hmm. whatever we've seen on social media or movies or books, or maybe heard from someone who has a really great friendship that they talk so much about it. And we're like focused on when we make new friends, especially how far away they are from that. Mm-hmm. ideal friend point and if you're so focused on how far away you are mm-hmm. you miss focusing on all the value that that is providing in your life so you're less likely like one you're just not appreciating that two you're less likely to engage or keep connecting because you're so focused on the lack not what is there mm-hmm. yeah. i really focus on it as like what is the friendship? And I was listening to you just now thinking, oh my gosh, this goes the same way. Like you're right. What is a good friend? You're so focused on what you lack to be that, that you aren't focusing on what you do bring and that Mm -hmm. you don't have to be at all. That even just being you in small ways can be meaningful to people. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so important, especially when I talk about parents, like, especially people who are becoming new parents. I've talked about this on episode four. I think a lot about how my friend's capacity changes Mm -hmm. for our friendship and like small actions that they take that before when their capacity wasn't so limited, maybe wouldn't have been as meaningful, but when they have kids, I really have to take the little things they do and see them as bigger Mm -hmm. because their time is so limited. So if before getting together on a Saturday night was just like a casual thing we did all the time. Now that their priorities have shifted and they're very focused on taking care of their children. If they want to spend a Saturday that they have a babysitter with us, I have to like really appreciate that on the rare weekend, they have a babysitter. They're now asking us to get together. They could be doing so many other things with that time. If you are a parent, like giving yourself that grace yeah, too, I think yeah. it's really important. Like we're trying to yeah. be the perfect friend and be the perfect mom and 
be the perfect partner and be the model citizen and just showing up in all those roles is hard or like whatever you can give is what you can give. And that's worth it. That's all your spoons, right? Yeah, for sure. And this is easier said than done. I I know you probably talk about this too, about like the healthier you are in general, Mm -hmm. like the easier friendship feels. And I do feel like I'm overall a generous friend. I can acknowledge places where like, oh gosh, that's not my strength suit as a friend or just as a person, you know, like I'm not the person who is always showing up with food when things, you know, are going wrong in your life. I'm going to support in a slightly different way, but I've, you know, I'm, I am aware that I am still being supportive in some way and in a way that plays to my strengths. And I personally, I don't have a lot of time in my life for people who can't see that. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. It does. I know that we can hurt each other. And I think it's important, you know, for my friends to tell me, gosh, it really hurt that you didn't maybe sign up for our meal train or something like that. And, you know, that's helpful for me to be aware. Okay. That's something that, you know, matters to her. And I can be more mindful of that next time. But there does get to a point with with some people who sometimes their expectations of you as a friend are unreasonable. Oh, yeah. And they're not taking into account your season or some of your own needs. You know, I get it. It's not like, this isn't black and white. We're getting into gray territory. But I know for me, I tend to not have a lot of time for people who are not at least understandable of some of the things I'm juggling to and give grace for that. Yeah. I feel like I give my friends lots of grace. I'm not asking for them to be perfect. I am hoping to be friends with people that don't expect me to be perfect. And, you know, you will find people in life that have unreasonable expectations for you and you get to decide what to do with that relationship. And so these rules have been helpful for me, but I, I know sometimes like navigating them is not always as like cut and dry, I guess, especially that one with the bar is lower. You know, some people are going to have a harder time with what you do have to give. And you also want to be sure you're still showing up as a decent friend. That part can get tricky for some of us, but I do find the healthier we are, the most boundaries we have, the, you know, the more we can be communicative with our hurts in a direct and honest way all helps with all of that. Yeah. And hopefully approaching it more as a, you know, you and I as friends against the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you were hurt. I didn't show up for your meal train. What can I do that feels right? Like instead of you're wrong and I'm hurt, like this thing hurt, how can we find a way through it instead of, yeah, you know, just they talk about that in romantic relationships a lot. And I don't think we're talking about it in friendships enough that mm-hmm. part of this is just deciding that, you're on the same side. You want this friendship to work. Mm-hmm. It's you two against the problem, not yeah. you against each other. And like you're saying, if you can't get your friend on that page, that's a lot of energy and it may not work out, but mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. approaching it that way might help some people rethink some of this. Yes. Cause it's becoming a parent. Again, I'm not a parent, but watching my friends go through the transition Mm-hmm. everything in life changes and I can give my friends so much grace for that. Yeah. I can only imagine what it's like to balance the total identity shift of becoming a new mom and these other components of your life, like your friendships. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like looking at it as 
this is totally a transition period. And hopefully on the mm-hmm. other side, at some point, we will find a new kind of normal. Yeah, I know we're wrapping up. I'm just thinking about some of the moms who reach out and say to me, like they keep inviting me to go out late at night or like to oh, be, yeah. I'm not the fun friend anymore. Like mm-hmm. I used to be our fun friend and now I'm not showing up and I fear the invites are going to stop, but I also like don't want to go out late at night and really kind of talking and coaching those moms through. Yeah. Like this is a lot what you've taken on. You know, do you feel comfortable having an open conversation with them about like, Hey, I really love our friendship. And also I'm realizing the things we used to do together don't fit into my life as well anymore. Yeah. I'm not up for them right now, but I still want to be friends. Like, do you think that's possible? <laughs> like, can we find some new ground? And there's a lot to navigate. If you don't have ways that you're comfortable spending time together, it's really hard to get together. So by that, I mean, like you might've had a friend where the way you were comfortable getting together was bar hopping. Mm-hmm. And you shared a lot with each other. And you got ready together and you told each other all your deepest secrets. But then if this transition happens where you become a new mom, you don't want to go out bar hopping. And you kind of have to decide, I think, I call it like grow a new route. You have to be uncomfortable and build a new way to spend time together that feels comfortable. But you like have to both be on board to do that. And you kind of have to decide, are they my bar hopping friend? Like, are they my mm-hmm. friend? Because I just had somebody to go out with on the weekends. And that might be okay. That's fine. You guys want to go do something together. You did it. Or you have to decide, like, are they my friend? And I will work to build new ways in a new season of life. Neither one is wrong. Yeah. But like, we don't really have any awareness of this. And yeah, I think it gets really yeah. confusing for people when you don't have this language or this way to mm-hmm. understand it. Cause then you just feel hurt because you're like, well, my friend didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. well, they might have really, they might care about you. They might, whatever. You just don't have a way to spend time that you're comfortable right now. I love that framework. That's great. The more language we have to talk through those things is so helpful. You know, for as many friendships as we have, there's very little language. So mm-hmm. I think that's Agreed. a huge barrier for people. It's hard to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, I'm so excited about this. And I know I'm positive. I have people who listen to this podcast who are just waiting for me to drop an episode on moms making friends because this Mm -hmm. is such a big topic and moms, parents, people need that support. Yes, absolutely. Anything we can do to help them find that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thanks for being here. I know that we only touched the surface today in this episode talking about moms, dads, parents, caregivers, and friendship is very important to me. The energy it takes to be raising little ones is immense. And I care very deeply about the people who are doing that work, having the support that they need, which includes, among many things, nourishing friendships. So I promise that this is a topic we will be revisiting over and over again on this podcast in a variety of ways with a variety of people 
in the meantime, if you want to go deeper about friendship as a mom, go give Emily a follow. She shares so many great resources and conversations. She has support groups, one-on-one clients. You can find her on Instagram. Her handle is at the connected mom life. You can also go to the show notes. You'll find all of her information there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Friendship IRL. I am so honored to have these conversations with you, but don't let the chat die here. Send me a voice message. I created a special website just to chat with you. You can find it at alexalex.chat. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle at it's Alex Alexander, or go ahead and leave a review wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Now, if you want to take this conversation a step further, send this episode to a friend, tell them you found it interesting, and use what we just talked about as a conversation starter the next time you and your friend hang out. No need for a teary goodbye. I'll be back with a new episode next week.